disruption zone. Opportunity lives where the status quo dies. Talking to the greatest innovators, disruptors, and off-the-wall inventors, we can scrounge up. You laugh, you'll learn, you'll be inspired. Now, here are your hosts, Leland Conway and Cameron Mills. All right, guys, as you know, this last week has been a crazy one in the news when it comes to Afghanistan. We absolutely, utterly, completely failed in our withdrawal of troops. To be clear, I fully support withdrawing troops. I fully support drawing down. I am against nation building. I have been from the beginning. Uh, It was time to get the heck out of Dodge 10, 15 years ago. Uh, There was a better way to deal with this. But the bottom line is... um, we did this wrong. There's a right way and a wrong way to do things, and it, it has become an international embarrassment, a national embarrassment. It makes America look weak. It, it, it endangers America. It emboldens American enemies and the enemies of freedom everywhere. And uh, all of this lay at the foot of Joe Biden and uh, Vice President Harris, 100%. So we're going to talk to Congressman Andy Barr. He has called for a complete uh, firing of everybody on Biden's national security team. We're going to go in-depth into what is the difference between how Trump wanted to withdraw versus how Biden withdrew. And uh, we'll get into a lot of the crazy stuff that, that has been going on in the news this week. So hang on, buckle up. This is going to be an interesting one. First, though, big thanks to our sponsor, Louisville Cabinets and Countertops. LouisvilleCabinetsAndCountertops.com. If you are a do-it-yourselfer, they have got cabinets in stock that are ready to go, and they're beautiful. Just go to LouisvilleCabinetsAndCountertops.com, click on Cabinets, and then scroll through all of the styles that they have that are beautiful, affordable, and super high quality. Now, if you're looking for the turnkey kitchen remodel, George, Kelly, Michelle, the designers on staff are there ready to help you. Um, and all you got to do is call 502-930-3304 or stop by the, the, the showroom at 6200 Hit Lane in Louisville. If you're in Louisville, Southern Indiana, or Oldham County, this is your place. Check out some of the Google reviews of this great organization. Uh, Kathy says, worked with Tim and his team in Kitchen Remodel. Couldn't be happier. I'll use them again. Uh, Amy said, Angela's vision for our new kitchen was spot on. The team at LCC showed up when they said they would, and they were awesome, and I highly recommend them. I uh, second that because I've been a customer of theirs twice. They did my kitchen and my master bathroom, and I'm confident the work they did in our kitchen is what helped our house sell so quickly. So check them out. All right, now to our conversation with Congressman Andy Barr. I can broadcast anywhere in the country from my basement, Congressman Barr. It's it's kind of nice. So Awesome, yeah, awesome. That's, I guess I'm living a man's dream, got the studio in the basement and... So, well, it's good to have you back on the podcast. Uh, I know you made some news. You put out a statement um, that that the president's entire national security team should resign. I can't think of a reason why I would disagree with you. <laughs> this has been yeah. a debacle, man. I mean, it's not. It's funny, not funny. It's not funny. It, it, it's 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 so sad. It's embarrassing. It's a disaster. It's a. It's it's. I I believe this will go down as the greatest foreign policy catastrophe of our lifetime because it was totally avoidable when the president's national security team um, called for a congressional briefing back in April. uh, They briefed both me and uh, every other member of Congress about what the president's decision was. And we were able to discern immediately that this was a shift away from the Trump administration's conditions-based drawdown policy that was an orderly policy based on deterrence, based on conditions. And what uh, the president's national security team was describing to us at the time was a total 
unconditional surrender with a date certain of September 11th, 2021. And uh, it, it generated a whole lot of questions from both Republicans and Democrats. And at the time, I stood up in front of Secretary Blinken as a member of the House Foreign Affairs Committee, uh, Secretary Austin and uh, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Milley. And I asked the question, number one, can you can you explain to me the president's decision of a date certain of September 11th? I can think of <laughs> 364 other alternative dates certain right. that would be better than that. But beyond that, a date certain provides you with no flexibility to adjust to conditions on the ground. And then the second question that I asked them, and I directed it towards Secretary Blinken, was um, why does the president's strategy include a decision to abandon the Bagram Air Base, a, an air base that I visited in 2015 and was a was our main focal point of U.S. air power for the last 20 years in that region? Why was the decision to abandon Bagram necessary? Um, and, and little did we know that not only did they contemplate uh, uh, abandoning Bagram, but they were going to do so well before they had evacuated all American personnel, our Afghan allies who had fought and died alongside of us for the last 20 years, and before they had extracted all of our military equipment, our weapons, and our aircraft uh, before the Taliban was going to take control. And now we see uh, reports of $80 billion of U.S. equipment in the hands of our uh, enemy, the Taliban, uh, and we were told yesterday that the Taliban now has more Black Hawk helicopters in their custody and possession than the nation of Australia. Wow! This is this is a total embarrassment, and in addition to totally erasing 20 years of progress in countering terrorism and keeping our homeland safe, a slap in the face to the brave men and women who served our country with valor and gallantry in, in Afghanistan over the last 20 years, it has invited the kind of aggression that we absolutely do not want from the likes of the Chinese Communist Party. Uh, it has removed all deterrence for our allies in Taiwan. And you better believe that uh, the mullahs in Tehran are watching and uh, Vladimir Putin is watching uh, and Ukraine is now vulnerable as well. So this is a this is a ca catastrophe that extends beyond Afghanistan, and it is it is the epitome of weakness uh, and uh, incompetence that we don't want to see in our leaders. This this makes Neville Ch Neville Chamberlain look like you know a bodybuilder <laughs> by comparison yeah. in terms of the capitulants. And I think you know the the, the symbology, especially to you know, people who practice that sort of brand of terrorism that is, you know, coming from that Taliban sort of orientation, um, that that thought process is very big into symbolism. So that September 11th date was a major capitulation. That was a major. Now, let, let's let me give people a little bit of background here. The pre President Trump did intend to draw down forces, which I agreed with. Uh, it was time. Um, but you mentioned a conditions-based. That's the difference, right? And and there was a report the other day, and I don't know if we've been able to confirm it or not. Maybe you can help us with this. But there was a report that um, President Trump had put together kind of an agency within uh, the State Department that it's their job was to go and sort of 
mitigate these kinds of problems. If we're going to pull out, it was going to help. Let's make sure that everything is done in an organized way. Let's make sure that people are out that need to get out. Um, and that it was an extension of a program already put in place that kind of went under some sort of medical side or whatever, but it was kind of, they, they were known as the miracle workers. They would come in and get people out. It was logistics essentially for this kind of thing. And president Trump had put together a specific branch of that organization that was designed to deal with this. My understanding is there's a report that came out that the Biden administration canceled that back in April, I think it was, and ended that program, but then proceeded with a no conditions based withdrawal. Is that true? Do you know how to that, can you confirm that? That that is true. And let me let me go further than that, Leland, because I was on a conference call with former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo yesterday where he described the uh, fundamental differences between the Trump administration's uh, policy of orderly and, and conditions-based withdrawal and and this unconditional uh, unplanned retreat with a date certain that the uh, Biden administration uh, pursued. So what the Trump administration had established over the course of several years was a deterrence model with the Taliban. And um, President Trump, of course, uh, inherited a pretty large footprint of of uh, U.S. troops in uh, the country of Afghanistan, but was able to draw that number down to about 2,500 boots on the ground, which, by the way, is less than the number of boots on the ground in the country of Spain. Right. Uh, qu quite an impressive, without any loss of life or major combat activities. And the way that he was and his administration and Secretary Pompeo uh, were able to achieve that was, number one, leverage uh, our NATO allies. So we had about 7,700 NATO allies that were there to provide support for the Afghan National Army. Of course, President Biden has blamed everything on the Afghan National Army. Uh, but the Afghan National Army had the support of the coalition forces, about 7,700 total, uh, 2,500 U.S. and about 5,000 additional NATO forces there to provide and, and, and many other contractors to provide maintenance uh, and other kind of logistical support to, to the Afghan security forces. When when President Biden withdrew all of that, they lost the capability to maintain their weapons, their aircraft, and so to blame the Afghans for this hasty retreat, providing no logistical or maintenance support for the Afghan National Army, is it's really no wonder yeah. uh, that the Afghans were not able to fight. Um, so, first of all, they withdrew the conditions under which the Afghans could have the capability to fight. But the other point of this is that the, the strategic approach taken by Secretary Pompeo and President Trump was whenever the Taliban violated the red lines of the conditions that they imposed, there was retaliation and overwhelming force. Mm. And, and President Trump actually got on the phone with the leadership of the Taliban and said, if we know what you did last night and <laughs> you and and you know what we did last night. And they knew exactly because they lost you know, hundreds of their fighters right. as a result of an overwhelming response. And so there was deterrence. Right. And, and that's totally different from what happened uh, April 2021 to uh, last weekend when whenever the Taliban tested the Biden administration, whenever they tested the, the conditions, um, the Biden's uh, the Biden administration's approach and, and Secretary uh, Austin's approach was apologize and retreat. Yeah. And there was and there was no response. And so the Taliban knew full well that this president, this commander in chief was not serious. 
that he was weak, that he could be tested. And and so he he simply overran uh, the Afghan National Army because he knew there was going to be no NATO response. That's the difference between President Trump's approach to withdrawal and President uh, Biden's approach to withdrawal. And I wouldn't even call President Biden's approach withdrawal. I would call it total unconditional surrender. Yeah. And and that is a slap in the face to the brave men and women who fought and died for our country, for our freedom. And now as a result, we saw a jailbreak, the largest jailbreak of hardened terrorists out of uh, Bagram prison, uh, thousands of uh, suicidal jihadists mm. that were en- enemy combatants taken off the battlefield over 20 years by brave U.S. forces. And now they are back on the battlefield and our homeland is probably, because of our poor southern border, more vulnerable <laughs> than we were on yeah. September 10th, 2001. It's a, it's a, it's a disgrace. We didn't have I, – I, one thing that I noticed, and you have to look at timelines in their length, um, you know, we had several terrorist attacks during the, Biden admin, or the uh, Obama administration. We had very, very few uh, on our soil during the Trump administration. I predict that within the next year or so we'll have a couple here again um i I really fear that that's going to happen um although you know and here's another thing too i think a lot of people mistakenly think that the taliban is not sophisticated and when you were talking about testing the fences so to speak it's not that they're not sophisticated they're ruthless and sometimes we think of ruthless barbarians as dumb but they're not they're not dumb they've they in fact are quite quite able to to uh you know, navigate the waters of foreign policy and figure us out. And that's exactly what they did. They tested us and now they, they have proven successful. Well, yes. And, you know, they, they, they are, they are successful in, in that, you know, they were able to overrun uh, an unsupported Afghan force pretty easily. Um, But it's their, it's their um, barbarism uh, that is on full display um, you know, women and girls are in in big trouble. Obviously, any yeah, uh, any Afghans who help the United States risk their lives. Uh, they're in harm's way. They're going right door now to door right now, well. aren't they? Trying with a blacklist they, and just basically slaughtering people in the streets. They are, and we know this to be the case. Frankly, in our own congressional office, we have seventy open cases right now of um, of Americans who are asking for State Department assistance to provide either a special immigration visa or a P1, what's called a P1 or P2 visa to some of these individuals who helped uh, our Afghanistan veterans who are in central Kentucky right now in my congressional district. We also have, you know, requests from family members, um, Afghans who already are now U.S. citizens who have immigrated to the United States legally because of their support and help of the United States over the last 20 years and loved ones uh, are in harm's way now and they're trying to get over here. So, uh, this is this is just a total disaster. What what a terrible message this sends to the rest of the world that um, the United States is not a good ally. If you want to help yeah. the United States, uh, President Biden will not come to your aid in your time of need. And then if you're an adversary, if you're the Communist Party in China, in, in Beijing, you're licking your chops and you're looking at Taiwan and knowing that this president has no spine, no plan, no competence, yeah. and his national security team is weak and feckless. Yeah, I, I, I think what we need to do immediately is dispatch, uh, you know, diplomats to Taiwan, maybe a congressional delegation to Taiwan, to Kiev, uh, to Ukraine, 
uh, we need to immediately abandon this these crazy talks in Vienna about rejoining the Iran nuclear deal and send a strong signal to the rest of the world that, um, you know, despite the debacle in Afghanistan, uh, we are not going to tolerate any of our adversaries crossing any red lines. Unfortunately, that's not going to happen, at least for another three years. And by then, the amount of damage that this could do uh, rippling downstream uh, could be irreparable. I mean, when you look at the capitulation here and, and uh, you know, you bring up China. China is infiltrating every aspect of our society as we speak. We have it wholly owns our corporate interests. You have guys like John Cena from the WWE apologizing for calling Taiwan a China. You have LeBron James with the NBA out there talking about social justice everywhere, but he will not criticize China. Meanwhile, China is uh, cre- is committing genocide. They have human slavery. They have all this stuff, and nobody will talk bad about them. And now we've just given them a clear signal that not only that, but a longtime ally, we're not going to raise a finger to stop them because if we're afraid of the Taliban, my God, can you imagine how afraid we are of the Chinese military? That's That to me is, is – and again, look, I'm not an interventionist. I'm a libertarian thinking, you know, small government, hey, let's get our finger out of so many pies. But I do understand the importance of, of authority – of projecting authority in terms of keeping the balance of peace in the world and – I, this this instance right here has like it's it's like pulling the pin out of the grenade. I mean, it's terrifying. It's it's well said. You said it right, Leland. And, and really, it's it's back to what Reagan said: peace through strength and deterrence. Yeah. And what has happened in Afghanistan is it has removed any sense of deterrence whatsoever. Uh, we we no longer are deterring terrorists. We are no longer deterring, deterring other adversaries like the Chinese Communist Party. And, of course, we don't want nation building. We don't want endless wars in the Middle East or anywhere else. But what we do want is peace through deterrence. And um, this administration has not only bungled uh, this retreat in Afghanistan. I call it a retreat. It shouldn't have been a retreat. It should have been a conditions-based withdrawal to secure the victory right. uh, that, 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 we had, we, that, that we had secured. We had secured a victory over terrorism um, for 20 years. And yes, there may have been a need to have a residual security force at the Bagram Air Base. By the way, we still have residual security forces in Japan, in Germany, in South Korea. That doesn't mean we're at war. It just means that we have thousands of U.S. service members projecting our power and deterrence in those parts of the world. And Bagram Air Base was something that uh, I warned against abandoning right. uh, back in back in April, and if the if the if the strategic decision by the Biden administration is okay, you know we're we're done with Afghanistan, we're going to pivot to China. I I can understand that, um, although the the counterterrorism mission will go on for decades, in my opinion. Right. But still, but still, um, you know, Afghanistan is the only country that borders China where we had an airbase. Yeah. Right. And, and so and so the <laughs> idea so the idea that we're somehow better off in deterring China when we with when we when we abandon the air base in the country, the only country that actually has a land border with China, we were on the back door of China. And now I fear that because of the chaos in Afghanistan, guess who will be occupying uh, the U.S. taxpayer paid for Bagram Air Base? It's going to be the Chinese Communist Party. Oh, yeah. And they're, they're going to be more than happy to train the Taliban forces on the down low 
uh, to be able to operate the, that equipment. You know, imagine having to go back in there and take out a terrorist camp when the the terrorists themselves have a Black Hawk. Not that our troops can't handle it, but imagine the potential for loss of life and the danger has just been escalated. Because I have a feeling we're gonna have to go back there. And again, I'm not pro. I am against nation building. I, I'm I'm against these prolonged occupations of other countries. I feel like. You know, we we should destroy any terrorist base that pops up the moment it pops up. I like I like the idea of small special forces that can just topple just just about anything around the world that way. And that is a deterrent. But but you're right. And I think if you don't think that China isn't salivating all that over all that lithium and and the poppy trade in Afghanistan uh, as an economic factor as well, then you've got another thing coming. I think I think that's going to be an interesting thing to watch real quick. I want to I want to talk about. The ABC interview between George Stephanopoulos and Joe Biden. Stephanopoulos asked a couple tough questions. He did not press by any means, but by mainstream media standards, he pressed. Biden was incoherent. He 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 literally. I'm actually. I, I'm legitimately, and I'm not trying to play you know partisan politics here. I'm legitimately worried that this man is not competent to serve as president of the United States. Like I don't think he understands. He on July eighth. He stood before the American people and said that it was very highly unlikely, and that's a quote, that the Taliban would overrun the, uh, the Afghan government. Behind the scenes, he was told that they wouldn't overrun the, the, the Taliban, wouldn't overrun them until the end of the year, which gave us time to tuck tail and run. Uh, apparently, he had military leaders that were telling him the opposite, going, dude, you better leave some folks there. This is not going to work well. He he doesn't either. He either doesn't remember what he said because he he basically flat out denied what he said publicly to Stephanopoulos. Is the guy like is he competent? Is there something wrong there? Because I feel like there's something wrong there. Look, he's clearly not up to the job. Uh, that's pretty obvious, and it's it's sad to say that. I mean, and it, and it's not about partisan politics. It's pretty clear that he's not up to the job. He he doesn't have the uh, wherewithal to do the job that we need a commander in chief in a dangerous world to, to do. And look, he needs what we want for this president and for any president is to be surrounded by smart, competent leaders. And the reason why I have called for the resignation of his entire national security team is that they have failed him and they have failed our country. Look, I was getting as a member of the House Foreign Affairs Committee, the same intelligence briefings that obviously the president and the administration had access to. Why? Because it was the president's own secretary of state who uh, was in charge of the intelligence that was being given to the Foreign Affairs Committee. Uh, INR is the intelligence agency within the State Department. They briefed us the same time, the same time that President Biden was saying it's it's not going to happen uh, the Taliban is not going to be able to overrun the Afghan National Army. The intelligence community was was contradicting him on that very same timetable with the briefings that we were getting in Congress. And in fact, the Democrats were asking questions uh, like, well, what's going to happen to the uh, the women and the girls? How are we going to get? And they were asking the same questions we were. What are we going to do about the special immigration visas? What, how, how are we going to extract the Americans? It was it was the questions that we were asking were were uh, were based on the briefing that 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 the Taliban were going to take over mm. because that was the briefing that the that we were getting from the Biden administration. So for for the president to be saying that 
is either he's either just deceiving the American people intentionally or he's just not paying attention to his intel or he's not getting the intel. Right. The, 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 same, the same intel that we are. So you've got to question the competency of the entire operation in the White House and the national security establishment. That's why we need a new, a new team in place. Yeah. I, and, go ahead. And, 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 you know, our country's national security depends on it. Yeah, that, that, that's what concerns me is like what is going to be our reaction when the inevitable terror attack happens on our soil again here in the next couple of years. Um, you know, it, it, it that that is just that's terrifying. What you just told me is terrifying because what it what you just said sounds as if the president either knew and lied. Or he just didn't comprehend what was being told to him or he's got people around him that are keeping and filtering very important information out so as to control his actions and his decisions. Well, that, that's you know, terrifying. In some way, I think these progressives have been politically committed to a total withdrawal of forces for so long. Mm. Um, you know, let's face it. These are not uh, national security hawks. And I think they've been politically committed for so long to this that there was a lot of wishful thinking and a lot of disregard of the hard intelligence that we were all getting. Yeah. Um, and, and, and if if it wasn't wishful thinking, then it was just just rank incompetence to respond to uh, to this. And, you know, in that in that Stephanopoulos interview, it was it was noteworthy that uh, the president, you know, uh, said, well, this happened, you know, three or four or five days ago, four or five days ago when the right. Afghans were falling to their deaths from a U.S. airplane as if. As if that mattered. Right. I mean, what, what is this guy thinking? I mean, I just, you know, so look, we're all concerned about this. But the bottom line is um, we can't feel sorry for our president. We need to hold him accountable. Oh, absolutely. We need, and and we need a new uh, national security team in place. And uh, th there needs to be a dramatic shift in strategy so that we we can reverse course and, and start deterring our adversaries. I know you got to go, but I, I just have two quick questions for you. Is it also true that we're charging Americans $2,000 to get on those rescue flights out of the air force air, air, airport, bay, airport there? Well, we were, and, and apparently the state department uh, recognized uh, uh, today or, or yesterday that this was a huge uh, problem logistically <laughs> and Optics. from a PR standpoint. <laughs> so they've, they've apparently waived that, uh, that fee. Oh, good. Um, but, but, but how, but how humiliating to hear the chairman of the joint chiefs of staff. This is why we've got to get rid of the wokeness. In I know, our military. I know. Right. For it, how humiliating it is. And how pathetic it is to hear the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff say on national television, well, we're going to rely on the Taliban to get our Americans out. And then to hear the Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin, say, well, we're going to do our best. No, 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 no. What we're going to demand today on the call with uh, the national security team and then next week in a classified briefing with them in person in Washington, we're going to demand this administration account for every single american that yeah. they left behind because yeah. of their botched retreat and 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 we want a plan yeah. for doing everything in their power to take to to make sure that every american is is safely removed from that country it's not a matter of capability leland we have the capability it's the matter of will right and and and, and the and the national security team whether it's secretary austin secretary blinken or General Milley, they clearly don't have the will to 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 make sure that every American is safely extracted from Afghanistan. That's the immediate 
need um, and, 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 and mission of our country right now. And then in the longer run, we've got to assess how, how badly uh, and how incompetently this administration handled this and, and make sure it never happens again. Okay. And then um, there was one other question I had for you, and it was about the situation that took place at the Capitol yesterday. Oh, by the way, do we know how many Americans are still stuck in Afghanistan? Well, well the, the, and this is part of the problem. No. We've we've heard estimates anywhere between ten thousand and twenty thousand, uh, could be fifteen thousand. But what we are demanding of the administration is a full accounting of mm-hmm. all American personnel who are stuck, right. who have been abandoned by their own government there because of this botched retreat. Yeah, it's been Gazi you know, times ten thousand. You know, you know, and 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 this was entirely avoidable, and it was predictable. We had a hearing, Leland, in the Foreign Affairs Committee back in in May. And I asked um, the U.S. ambassador for uh, Afghan reconciliation, uh, Zalmay Khalilzad. I asked him a question. It's on YouTube. You can go. Your your listeners can go look at this. I asked him what, how how difficult it would be um, uh, for the United States to take uh, take back Bagram when we when we were going to need to take it back. And I predicted that after. At, because they were abandoning Bagram, I predicted we were going to need to go back and take Bagram over from the Taliban. Again, I asked him logistically how difficult it was going to be when we inevitably would have to come back and take Bagram back from the Taliban. How, how difficult? And uh, Ambassador Khalilzad said that's a question for the Defense Department. The, the buck never stops with anyone. Right. They pass on the information and nobody ever answers a question. Send me this, send, send me the link to that YouTube. I'll put it on the comment section of this podcast so that people can go watch we'll it by clicking on that. Um, we'll do it. It's at the end of my five minutes of questioning the ambassador. Yeah, and he didn't. He and he 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 said, "Look, you, that's a question for the defense department." Well, and that's a worthy link to get up. So I want people to be able to see that. The the last question yesterday, you guys had a bit of a scare in the Capitol. I know you were there. Uh, somebody was threatening to have. They said they had a bomb in their truck. There was a bit of a standoff. What what happened there? Uh, what was the resolution to that? Um, was there ever an explosive? And do we know anything about the guy's motives? You know, I haven't I haven't had a readout on it. I've, I've asked my staff, my staff. I checked on my staff to make sure they were safe and others uh, in the Capitol complex. Uh, they felt comfortable. The Capitol Police uh, professionally responded as they as they always do, and they were on top of it. I was getting. Um, routine and regular updates from the Capitol Hill police. I was not obviously in Washington yesterday, but they they do update us. And uh, fortunately, the situation was resolved peacefully. We're still finding out all the details. There was some original reporting that this was a disgruntled Afghan veteran. Mm. I I don't have that confirmed at this time, Um, but clearly this was a disturbed individual and and, uh, fortunately no one was hurt. Uh, but I do worry in general whether this individual was an Afghanistan veteran or not. Uh, I, you know, I know from my own constituents who served in Afghanistan how demoralized and how disheartened they are. And um, and it's a very difficult time yeah. for not just the, the men and women who served in Afghanistan, the veterans uh, over the last 20 years yeah. uh, and saw many of their brothers and sisters in arms uh, killed and make the ultimate sacrifice. But the Gold Star families, and I feel for them. And I, I do I do want to encourage them because, look, their service was not in vain. They kept this country safe for 20 years. Mm. And and um, whatever incompetence and mishandling and mistakes were made over the last several months and weeks, that's not on them. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 you know, and for the president to blame everybody but himself. Look, the our our 
our military performed ably and terrifically, and they kept our country safe for 20 years. This is not on them. This is on our uh, current commander in chief and and no one else. Yeah, and they need to they need to understand that. I, I share your concern for our veterans, and, and I just hope that there are people close to them telling them exactly what you said, that they kept us safe for 20 years. What happens now is not on them, but there are an, there, there, there are an unknown number of potential terrorist attacks that probably would have happened had it not been for their, their actions and in, in to, to think about what they're going through with this. And I know a lot of those soldiers wanted a drawdown, as do I and as do you. Uh, we all wanted out of there, and we wanted out of there as quickly as possible. And I know a lot of those guys that went over there and shot and, and fought multiple tours, and they wanted out of there. But they didn't want out of there like this. You know, there's a right way and a wrong way to do things, and clearly America did this the wrong way. No doubt. Yeah. No, no yeah. doubt. And, and, and just a thank you to all of those veterans and all of our warriors who, who, who did – terrific work sacrificed and served our country with bravery and valor and they did accomplish their mission they accomplished their mission and they did it successfully and we are grateful for everything that they did to keep our country safe for these 20 years no doubt and and now we need to shut down the southern border (laughs) right we need to shut down you know this this politics with the border it now needs to end Mm -hmm. we need to close the border We've got a, a jailbreak uh, from, uh, you know, Bagram Air Base. Now we've got all these enemy combatants and terrorists on the loose now because of Joe Biden. And now we need to shut down the southern border. Uh, the Department of Homeland Security and, and my colleague, uh, the ranking Republican on the Homeland Security uh, uh, Committee, it has, has given us alarming statistics about the number of apprehended illegal migrants coming across the southern border who actually are on the terror watch list that mm. that number is going to grow if we don't shut this border down yeah or i should say we we need to have a border that we can control where we can let folks across that have a good reason to be here and you know i'm, I'm for welcoming and growing our immigration process i just want it to be people that want to espouse our values um, well, of course yeah and and i know you're for that too uh, but that's another nuanced conversation we'll have another day because uh in in the long and the short of it we do have a porous border right now and it's 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 going to create for a unique threat to our national security listen it was good talking to you thanks so much for your time again uh we'll have you on again soon we appreciate you congressman andy barr thanks leland all right have a great one take care um, yeah, it, and that, the conversation about immigration is for another day. I, I am pro-immigration and I am pro-secure borders, and you can be both, trust me. There is room for nuance in that conversation. But, wow, I mean, just some of the things that were revealed there, uh, it's kind of terrifying. If you can hear my dog in the background, he wants to get out. So what I'm going to do is take him out so he can go pee and poop, and then we can thank our sponsor here on the Disruption Zone. All right, big thanks to our sponsor, Louisville Cabinets and Countertops, for their support of this program couldn't do it without them. They are so awesome. And listen, I'm not just saying that because they support the program. Tim's been a friend of mine for a long time, and he's a friend of mine because I was a customer of his first. And I appreciated his work ethic. I appreciated the craftsmanship, the pride that his crew took in their work. They did our kitchen and master bathroom. And that is why I stand behind them today and ask you that if you're thinking about getting your kitchen redone, that you call Louisville Cabinets and Countertops. Let that be your stop because they can help you with whatever project it is you're looking at. If it is a, oh, I just want new countertops and I'll be good. Cool. 
or I want to rip this whole thing out, change the wall around, redo this, rearrange the plumbing, get everything different, and totally upgrade my kitchen. Cool. They can do that for you, too. They got three designers on staff, uh, Kelly, Michelle, and George, and they're happy to help you with your turnkey kitchen remodel or whatever it is you need. Now, if you're a do-it-yourselfer or a contractor, they've got cabinets in stock, and they're unbelievable. Uh, just go to their website, LouisvilleCabinetsAndCountertops.com, and click on Cabinets, and uh, you will see the in-stock cabinets and all the different styles they have. They're amazing. They're affordable, and they're high, high quality. Uh, the phone number is 502-230, or excuse me, 502-930-930-3304, and uh, it's LouisvilleCabinetsAndCountertops.com. Big thanks to Dynamics Audio Productions for their help with our program as well, and thanks to you. Download us for free. Subscribe for free. Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Google Play. And, of course, leave us five-star reviews. That helps broaden our message out as we continue to get thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of downloads. Thank you so much for listening to The Disruption Center.